0: Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvrowski
1: Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, Tracy Allen, the Vice President of IT Procurement at Nokia, joins the show. We talk about how to drive results while being empathetic, We talk about building trust and connection through a global workforce, and we talk about how to use emotional concepts with men. It's a great episode, so I really hope you enjoy it. As I mentioned on this episode, I am now certified to benchmark your organization in psychological safety. If this is something that you're interested in pursuing, definitely send me an email to rob at highperformancenarrative.com and we can jump on a call and talk about it. Psychological safety is a key driver in innovation. If you don't have psychological safety, people are not going to speak up and offer ideas in the rooms and the brainstorming sessions that you're talking about. And it's going to vastly hold back your organization. Google identified psychological safety as one of the top predictors of a high performing team. So definitely it's something that you're going to want to not only assess but also work on in your organization. If you're interested in that, send me an email, Rob at highperformancenarrative.com or hit me up on LinkedIn and I would love to talk to you about it. The signups for the Leadership Launchpad Project program have now closed. But if you want a private offering of the Leadership Launchpad Project online program at your company, send me an email, rob at narrative.com. We can definitely make that happen for you and help you and your team become the high impact leaders you are meant to be. And as always, for more information about what Susan's doing and what the Leadership Launchpad Project is doing, what I'm doing Go to EliteHighPerformance.com slash leadership and you can find out everything there. I really appreciate each and every one of you. I want to say thank you to Tracy for joining us and sharing her expertise on this show. And here's the interview with Tracy Allen. We are live. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob and As always, we have our in-house leadership mindset coach. Susan Hobson, Susan, how are you?
2: Oh man, I am definitely firing on all cylinders today. Can you can you tell? Can you tell the sun is shining? Summer's like a couple weeks away, which means homeschooling's almost done. Yeah, let's get
1: this party started. (laughs) No more algebra teaching for you.
2: Oh, can (laughs) already (laughs) wait.
1: And so always I start off this show with a quote, and I mean. So I wanted to start off today with a with a quote about psychological safety cuz we're we just wrapped up the psych safety course that I'm taking and so now I am certified to deliver psychological safety assessments to your organization. So if you want that, hit me up roberthighperformancenarrative.com. You can send me an email there. But the 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 quote is from Amy Edmondson and she's the one who wrote the book on psych safety called The Fearless Organization and her quote says Failure of an employee to speak up in a crucial moment cannot be seen. This is true whether that employee is on the front lines of customer service or sitting next to you in the executive boardroom. And because not offering an idea is an invisible act, it's hard to engage in real-time course correction. This means that psychologically safe workplaces have a powerful advantage in competitive industries. And I think it's it's a quote, and it's actually something we measure. Yeah, it's something we measure as part of the, the the assessment. It's called dangerous silence. And as leaders, we have to be very cognizant of not only what we bring to the table, but also our reactions to our team sharing to us. And I think we'll just start there.
2: It's so fascinating, right? Because I think like we grew up in locker rooms, and I always... I remember we used to say, if it was quiet in between periods in those locker rooms, it was not a good sign. And our coach had to come in and really shake us up and get us talking about what the heck's going on out there <laughs> right so I think um, I think it's so good that uh, she's really highlighting that in that quote and doing the work that she's doing congratulations sir very exciting and so needed I hope everybody out there who has a need for that is gonna email our friend Rob here I think <laughs> anybody better to be working on that for your
0: organization's
1: Let's make it happen. And, and we have a special guest today. We have Tracy Allen. Tracy, how are you?
0: Good. How are you, Rob and Susan? Super excited to be here. <laughs> I'm a big fan of this podcast. So I am so stoked on, the, on, the, on being on the other side of this. So super excited to be here.
2: So much fun, Trace. I can hardly wait for today's interview. I just know this is going to be so much fun, first and foremost, but I'm just most excited to extract all this juicy leadership intel from your experience. So let's start there, shall we? Just share with our audience just a little bit about yourself and where you are currently leading in this world.
0: Yeah, so... um... I am a mom first. So I'm a mom of two wonderful kids and, um, I've been, uh, working on my career and actually on leadership for a long time. Um, my parents always said I was a leader. And I think that was the, just because I was bossy, but, uh, that's the old <laughs> way of thinking of about, right. Um, right. but I've been in high tech my whole life. So, um, I've been 22 years. I'm currently at Nokia and, uh, very interestingly enough, this, uh, you know, Nokia has been, um, it's a long standing company, but only the last few years have we been acquired by them. So I come from actually Newbridge which was a small company in Ottawa, who was uh, then bought by Alcatel, which is a French company who then merged with uh, Lucent, who became Alcatel Lucent, and now Nokia. So let's just say that. Wow. Somebody's uh, an
2: expert in change management. (laughs) Lots
0: of uh, rebirths happening over the last 22 years, but um, it's been really, really fun. And I think that's contributed a lot to my leadership and the way that I've seen the change and being in a global organization and managing a global team, Uh, you know, it presents different challenges, right, and different Mm -hmm. ways of thinking, which you really need to be on top of that to be able to really navigate the team in the right way. So um, I'm currently in procurement. I have always been in procurement for 22 years. But um, now recently, I've been mostly on the routing and optical side in my past uh, 21 years and just recently moved to run the IT procurement organization. So kind of dibbling and dabbling on both sides of the fence, but it's really fun. And um, I'm super excited to talk more about leadership, because that has been really my focus last year since since COVID in terms of not just leadership, but myself, and uh, really working on some tools to really kind of accelerate and really bring an organization to that next level. So so cool Happy to talk about that.
2: Your self leadership is definitely on the up leveling. But I want to know a little bit about how all that transition that you just described that you've been through in the last decade, especially right? Um, what is that really inspired in your leadership journey?
0: Yeah, there's been lots. And I don't know, maybe just a little bit of background because I say I'm from procurement, but I'm like actually from the bottom of procurement, right? I started as a buyer and actually a contract manager and then a buyer and we had our own factory. So I've kind of worked in the different areas of procurement my whole life and um, always thought of myself as a subject matter expert, right? But also as a leader, but really was kind of like that person that, could do many different things at once, right? And and I really did dig deep with my team on any any kind of prospects, right? Um, and going through lots of acquisitions has really kind of um, you know forced us to change as we go through every corner. And uh, we've had new leadership, so that also forces you to look at what are some of the things that are really important to get us to that next level because every leader comes in makes their own mark and their own strategy. So we've had to adapt. Um, So all those things kind of played into how I think leadership needs to be right, which is around being flexible, adaptable, agile, um, but keeping the team motivated, right. And that's for me, one of the biggest thing And, and my people hopefully see that but I talk a lot about, you know, for me, the foremost important thing is people in the organization, right? Without them, we don't have an organization, right? And we don't have a company. So I really try to spend a lot of time on my people and try to really kind of help them play the game they're there to play, right? Everybody has so much potential. And it's trying to carve that out of everybody and putting them in the right position. And that's really what I have fun doing. That's like my favorite part of my day, right? So
2: You could tell she's lighting up, right, (laughs) Rob? She's lighting up in her state as she she starts to talk about her people.
1: I want to dig a little more. Like, you you mentioned two things there that I want to dig into. The first one you mentioned was motivate your people. And the second one you said, spend time working on your people. Like, what does that mean? And that spending time, like, what are you actually doing for them?
0: Mm -hmm. So, actually, it's funny. We just, a couple weeks ago. So there's a couple of things that I think are super, like, just rules of engagements with your team, right? As a leader, it's like having, uh, for example, we do Coffee and Connect every two weeks, right? So we spend time together. And um, we talk about whatever topics, actually, Rob, we had one a couple weeks ago on psychological safety, right? So I brought it up as a topic and and I got a lot of good feedback after it It was great um but we bring in topics that you know last week we did mentoring so I'm starting a pilot of mentoring within my own organization um and I'm really trying to pull everybody in to the bigger you know um the bigger the bigger goal we have as an organization really trying to get people out of their day-to-day stuff, right? So people, for me, it's making space for them to develop, right? And taking time to get away from your computer and start thinking about what do you want? What do you need? And how can I help? So we do coffee and connects. I do a lot of skip level interviewing. I love that. We're not interviewing, but it's just meetings, right? So I go down levels and Oh my God, those are my favorite because I just get to talk to new people and I get to hear how we're doing at the levels that I never get to see. Right. So then I get nuggets of like, what's not working, what's working. And you know, how, how much that means to people. Right. When I sit there, like, you. nobody ever at that level called me, you know, how much I appreciate that. And you have tears. Like I'll get tears in my eyes. I'm like, seriously, I'm so honored to be on the phone with you right now and having uh-huh. this conversation. So for me, it's like, it's so, so important to like, spending time and really digging and making people feel valued, right? Because I think that everybody, everybody brings something to the table, right? It's finding a way to excavate that stuff, to make it work for the business and for the team. And that really is what excites me. And it's not always perfect, right? I, um, I would say that there's challenges. And, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, we'll probably get to, but in terms of my leadership style, but uh, I'm very, very much into developing and helping the people develop and grow. I also have a very tough side of me, which is is just part of my results-driven kind of high-impact leadership I kind of have as well.
2: You You are one of those leaders who knows how to toe that line. It's so hard to toe that line as a heart-centric leader, right? Because if you have all that empathy and it's all about people, it's hard when you got to drop the hammer and hold the people accountable and get the job done and drive that result to fruition. How do you do that?
0: How do you do that Uh, so well? Well, I don't, I I hope I do it well. I mean, I, I, it's so important. Like I am honestly a heart centric leader, but I'm also, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah,
0: I really do care, uh, but I'm also so results driven. I think that, you know, I don't do things just to do things. I do Mm. stuff for results and high impact and I don't just check the box. So it's been a tough year and because my team has gone through so much change and um, but I my, where I spend my time when I do that kind of stuff is explaining why I'm doing it mm-hmm. and telling my story because I'm not doing it for fun. I'm doing this because it's going to make us better as a team, right? So it's convincing and having them understand the reason why and the transparency it's mm-hmm. so, so important for me I, to be able to convince them, right?
2: I think that's the strategy. And that's what I wanted you to articulate which you did so, so authentically, right? Because it really is your experience, Trace. Like, it's just like being a parent, you know? When mm-hmm. I have to lean into Brooklyn, I'm like, it's coming, but here's why it's coming, baby girl. Just so you know... This is because mommy cares. And if I didn't care, I'd look the other way or I wouldn't drop the hammer right here and hold you accountable. This is how you know I care, right? Like, because it Mm -hmm. is, it's a a form of that. And so as long as you frame it in that way, I think it it helps them to understand it and receive it and run with it a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, for sure, I spend a lot of time on the communication part. Um, And I I actually spend a lot of time convincing myself a lot of the times, right? I I have got feelings of what's the right thing to do, but there's a way of doing it.
2: Uh And I
0: take an approach that is well thought out, right? And that's balanced, but gets the same results and make sure that people understand the reasons why we have to do this. Because you guys probably know this, right? In high tech, it's not easy. It's up and down all the time, right? And uh, we go through a lot of restructuring it's not easy but um you know there's a way of doing it right there's cool. a, these are human beings right and uh they have lives and they have you know wives and and you know their mothers and fathers and they have children so there's a whole process around doing that so Yes, I am super heart centric, but I also, you know, hold myself accountable for, you know, the job I have to get done. And if I, if I can see that, and I know that there's a better way of doing it, and I know that everybody would be better, and there's better Mm -hmm. results there, then I will drive to that, right. But in an appropriate manner with the right, I lead with empathy, though. So it's not like, you know, and as long as you're transparent, I think that, you know, when the communication is strong, it, it usually, I haven't had the experience where it's been really bad, right? I've mm-hmm. been able to achieve that. So what do
2: you say to, cause you work in high tech and it's very competitive, high paced right? Like dog eat dog kind of a, a world, right? So what do you say to your counterpart leaders who question you leading with empathy and making space for these human conversations, right? And all of this other side of that line that we haven't really spoken about.
0: Yeah. That's a really, really because you must get
2: pushback on that all the time. You must get questions about it, right?
0: Yeah. And I think also like it's such a good question because it's like also looking at the environment I'm in. I mean high tech is mostly men. Mm Let's be honest. I'm one or two women at my table, right? I think mm-hmm. it'll be, uh, me too. Um, it, It's not easy, right? I mean, I, I, most times you're dealing with engineers or, you know, very technology people, which are gen, gen, generally men, which mm-hmm. lead to quite differently, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm for sure looked at as probably a little bit different in my style, right? Yeah. Um, but I think it, it's, uh, I think things are changing. And I think that for me, it's really important that the shift, we go with the shift, right? And um, I'm trying to talk about it more, right, with my colleagues. But, you know, we have new generations of people coming through the company. And the old different styles that we used to have, I don't think are as appealing or will be effective for our new people, right? Bingo. So... Yeah, so I think that, you know, having those conversations, and, um, you know, I'm talking a lot about leadership, just with my colleagues, right? Wow. Um, sharing some articles, I'm not super forceful, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my, yeah. my podcasts
1: and yeah. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I slide in over here, and yeah, I slide yeah, in yeah. there. Um, yeah. Because, you know, for me, leadership isn't something you can just, you know, rip a bandaid off and say, this is how it is. It it's really has to be something that people decide and want to to engage and really change, right? So mm-hmm. um, I, I do I do kind of, you know, slide stuff in here and there where I can, but yeah. it's not an easy conversation. I mean, it's, it's uh, but I absolutely think it's so necessary for us going forward, right? If we want to be a successful company and we want to attract talent, we have to shift, And, you know, some of the old leadership styles just aren't going to be there, right? They're not going to, they're not going to work.
2: You're highly intuitive because you already sense that it's coming. I see the transition happening because I work with a lot of big tech companies, right? And like the younger tech companies, you know, that are a little bit more progressive. They're already hitting this stuff hard, right? Because they they know this is the future of how business is going to, happen right especially for the generations that are coming up so i think you're you're highly intuitive and obviously seeing that trend but yeah no i I think you're right it's like it's still a very difficult conversation to have right with people who are coming up out of the 1.0 style of leadership environments
1: i want to i want to dig more there right because this is what i see and like i also like well First off, Tracy, I'm an engineer. Um, but but I, I love work,
0: engineers, Rob. I love them. Right. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah, I yeah. mean like I work I work in heavy industry and yeah. it's mostly male dominated. Also like the maintenance space is like 96% men or something. Wow. Um, and so how do we and like for me a lot of these conversations about empathy, compassion vulnerability love it feels very feminine and i get a lot of looks like well this is you know we're men we don't do that here like how do you approach that like what's the how do you approach the basically the stigma around these concepts in a male-dominated space
0: yeah i mean you know the best way to you know my style anyway is more example than talking about it, right. So Mm -hmm. I will, you know, in a conversation where, you know, we're in a meeting, and I hear, you know, I see that kind of push, whatever, I will kind of jump in and go, Hey, why don't we talk about, you know, let's, let's look at this differently, maybe. And I try to kind of show up for them where they see, okay, she's getting the same results but she's doing it really differently, maybe longer, Mm -hmm. a little longer than I want to because I want this right now. I want the Mm -hmm. answers right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to like, you know, it's hard for me and Susan can tell you, I'm not really good at, you know, confronting and having those conversations one on one, because these are my colleagues and being in procurement, these are also my customers. Mm -hmm. So really not easy, right? Just like engineers (laughs) are my customers, right? So I try. But you know what, I, I believe that people see what, you know, they see what's going on. These are pretty smart guys. Mm -hmm. Um, They see how I operate, and they know what I like and what I don't, right. And, uh, you know, I hope that I they see it as a great example, and they start following, right. Because I know that they're all great leaders. It's just, you know like we you just said it we're in high tech it's a doggy dog world it's it's men driven it's uh you know from my company it's uh you know there's there's the generations you know are probably not you know it's an older generation i would say right so mm-hmm. it's a different style and it worked mm-hmm. before and now we have to like transition that right and shift mm-hmm. but i'm seeing it like i'm seeing it at the higher levels and So I think I'm encouraged by that. But just to go back to your question, Rob, I try to like step in and show how I would show up to that situation, Mm -hmm. right? To try to kind of get followers behind me to say, hey, that kind of worked, but that wasn't as abrasive, maybe. Maybe let's try that. Um, I don't know if I would have a conversation if it would land as well. That's all. (laughs) So (laughs) for me, I lead by example, you know. I Lead them horses to walk.
2: Race. That's right. That's, That's right. it. I, I'm, I'm curious if because of the context of the world right now, if this is any more obvious to them, right? Because I'm thinking you guys as leaders have had to really lean into like, psych like safety, like you did on your coffee talk last week. And some of these more empathetic topics and around how your people are doing, right? Like, I got to think, your team has been doing pretty well on the sustainability front and persevering through all this disruption because you're the leader who leans in with empathy. Like they got to be seeing some of that, right?
0: Right. But you know what? I think also other leaders have to, because I'm on calls all the time and I'll hear, you know, I, I, I won't use an example, but I have like, there's tons of examples where, you know, you see kids come in and, give them hugs. And you're like, Oh, my God, that's got to be happening to my colleagues.
2: Yeah, yeah you yeah, can't yeah. tell
0: me that they're ignoring that.
2: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You can't so you just kind of your melt, your heart melts and you go, Oh, it's a bedtime. And it's like, Oh, yeah, because you know, I'm dealing with Europe a lot. So right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. daddy's on the phone with me and they're hugging and it's like, that's got to be happening. So actually, that disruption is probably forcing yeah. some mm-hmm. of the traditional leaders to have that empathy. Because I mean, we're in a global company, so I'm dealing with Europe, China, like everywhere. And so we have to be respectful of people's time. So I'm always like, I have guys in Europe that I need to talk to. They're nice, but like I say to them, you, you tell me when you're ready. When the babies are in bed, you just, you just ping me on teams and I'll make myself available, right? That's how we kind of operate. So I know that my colleagues are seeing that they have to be on their calls right and this has forced them to actually leaning in a little bit even if it's not in their nature i think it's actually kind of like yeah i think that's a huge benefit to this all this you know um disruption we've had right i think it's awesome i think i'm seeing (laughs) it and people you know because i come from where i used to travel all the time right so did my colleagues
2: yeah that's not happening right now yeah
0: Yeah. And so we have to figure out how to work together and how to make things, you know, operate just as well, you know, if not better. And I I think we've succeeded at that. Actually, I have to say that our teams have done that, right? We haven't missed a beat. And being in IT was actually when everything exemplified and everybody's at home. It was like, networks. (laughs) You had to like get everything. So it's been like really, really great. Like, I think we've done that, right? And, but I think it's going to change the way. You know, mandatory, uh, you know, a mandatory travel uh, once a month, nah, you saved a lot of money. I think uh, the company is gonna say this is good, you know, nice. and we figured out how to do it. We're doing zoom, we're doing teams, we're, we're conversing all the time, right? And oh, we're getting yeah. the ideas across. So I think it's been, for me personally, I think it's been great. It's been tough because I started this job, March last year, so I have not met anybody and I oh took over gosh. this whole organization and I hired 40 yeah. people and everything's been on Zoom. So I'm so excited when I can travel to go meet everybody, yeah. right? Oh, sure. So, I'll be good. Yeah.
2: You're seeing I, all kinds of that like silver lining in all of this disruption, I see, right? So do you feel like this, because this is what I feel like, it's really forcing any of those 1.0 led organizations, right? The heads in the sand, it's had to, it's had to have had that effect, right? Where it's forcing them to look up at their people and think differently about their people. What else are you seeing in this disruption is that real opportunity?
0: I, I think he, you're
2: ripping that seam wide open.
0: Yeah. I think that for me personally, and I think for my team and for everybody, the work life balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I, I had to travel an hour and 15 minutes to work every morning and back mm-hmm. and then travel on my weekends to go to Europe and, and I mean my kids would be like and I couldn't even make dinner and I had good food delivered I couldn't even cook that now it's like I'm like super mom Like, hey, I've got yeah. an extra three hours and it's like I'm rocking it right I can make yeah. dinner three times yeah. a week Woo! and uh, they're like you're not traveling you know it's so awesome you know and I'm yeah. like yeah well you know eventually that will take up but being able to stay home
2: mm-hmm.
0: work from home be as effective if not more right mm-hmm. and be there for your family and then do the travel when you need to I think mm-hmm. it's like amazing mm-hmm. because I know so many people that they just traveled because they felt they had to do that
2: exactly
0: it's yeah like, so and now it's do. like everything stopped it's like but everybody's we still really executing do. yeah yeah everything's still running like humming along and, and in like, some
2: cases more, more is happening because absolutely. we have more bandwidth with eliminating some of that unnecessary stuff.
0: Yeah. I do have one concern though. What is when it? we go when this all lifts. The expectations. What's the, concern? the expectations, the shifts that we have to make back to having a life. And understanding and respecting that your people will now have lives again. Mm -hmm. They will have dinner plans. They will have friends over. You can't text right now everybody is like attention always on their computer. Mm -hmm. And you can get anybody anywhere. But when things pick up and we have to get ready for that mindset shift because what do we do? What
2: do we do, coach? What do we do?
0: (laughs) What do we do, do coach? you, you have to respect it, right? You're yeah. we're gonna have to let the life balance come back, right? Because yeah. I think people have gotten very used to accessing everybody right now. Yeah, and it's that's not healthy. my biggest no.
2: Even that that I see is a unhealthy byproduct of the disruption, eh, Rob? Is like we're talking about it on the show, yeah. right, like burnout is rampant right now because people don't have boundaries. The computer is right in the next damn room at all times. So it's so easy to dip in and dip out and make yourself more available, right? Which has its benefits. Like you just said, getting to cook dinner for your babies three times a week. But it also, you know, it has things that, that obviously detract from our, our well-being,
1: it's exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, Tracy, you mentioned that the, your work-life balance has gotten better. I would say mine's gotten worse.
0: Oh, and, yeah. and
1: the reason is, like, I used to leave work, and the laptop would stay at work, uh-huh. and everything would stay at work, and then uh-huh. I would come home. And now, literally, the laptop sits here in my yeah. living room, and yeah. it's basically... I mean, not that I'm necessarily on call all the time, but when we had tough periods where stuff was happening, it was like, it would happen on weekends. It would happen at night. It would happen. And I had colleagues that were on midnight, two o'clock in the morning. And like when I had some insomnia, sometimes I would go on three o'clock in mm-hmm. the morning. And it's like, this wow. was not possible before. Yeah. yeah. I guess I guess my question for you, like you mentioned, like you've managed a global team and you're managed like, You know, now that you're working fully remote, you're not visiting people, like what are some of the strategies that you're using to build connection and build relationships with those people globally, but without meeting them?
0: Right. So, yeah, so... Like I said, we're, we're using Zoom and Teams a lot, right? So we do do that. Um, I try to be, like, on video as much as I can, right? Because, I mean, that's the only connection you have, right? So mm-hmm. for sure, if I'm doing a coffee and connect, a staff meeting, I f- make sure I'm ready, showered, and <laughs> can be presentable first, first thing in the morning. I know, like, you have I no can't idea. I morning- can <laughs> That's true. But you have to look decent, right? Oh, my God. Some mornings it's like, ah. So for me, it's like spending, like carving out time for people, right? And um, and then because you're not traveling, there's some people that just don't, you know, people are moving around. So I I do try to make regular interlocks with certain people, because I think it's important to keep that connection. And the fact that you can't travel, and everybody's so busy, it's really important to kind of you know, keep alignment with the certain people in the organization, right, we didn't really talk about that. But, you know, for me, one of the one of my strategies is actually having relationships and connecting to a lot of people, right? Um, I call myself a lifer at this company, but, you know, people have changed. But I mean, I have old relationships from, you know, many, many years ago. And, you know, it's, I, I actually think it's one of my, you know, most important strategies is you know, you know, having connections with people and building relationships, because I think everybody has so much to offer. And I learn from people all the time. And, you know, I call them allies as well, because I, I think that, you know, you have to have them in every corner. And um, being in a really complex organization and a big corporation that I'm in, it's, it's important. If you want to move mountains, if you want to make change, you've got to have people that or believe in your story, or your your beliefs, or your objective, mm. if you don't have that, it's like you're a man standing alone, trying to do all this stuff by yourself, and it just will never get done. So for me, Rob, going back to your question is, I have to carve out time to make those connections, because if I don't, those relationships just kind of, you know, I mean, they're strong enough to, but you got to keep up with people, and you got to make time to to just have, you know, a chat, and try to do video, and you know, always exchange what you're working on, what can I help with, and I'm always there to help, right? I love helping people. And I love doing different projects all the time. I'm always have my hand up for anything different than what I'm doing. So I find that really helps kind of, you know, really exemplify your network, right? Like I tell people and my team all the time, it's so important to really kind of get those fingers out there and reach and, you know, make those connections. Because that's what really gives you momentum, right? I mean, that's has been a part of my success. Has been, I've had lots of mentors, but I've also had built a lot of relationships um, with people that you know I've, I have something that they believe helps their business or helps them, and I also exchange. Sometimes have to pull on them, and and that's what makes like you know really success, right? Create success in a company. So I always encourage my guys to really work on the network, got to get out of the IT, get into the business group, go dibble and dabble and let me make the introductions, you know, so uh, I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love spending my time there.
2: You ever get that advice, Rob, as an engineer?
1: So it's it's not a, a super common advice, but it's definitely something that I leverage with all of the podcasts that I've done right and yeah. and the, and the yeah. communities that i've built on linkedin and, and throughout the yeah. world is just like i lean into that and i try to introduce people and make connections mm-hmm. and help them yeah. progress because i think that that's the other piece is i think one of the one of the other podcasts we did someone said the word super connector
2: yeah that's like, you that's, Both
1: of you. That's the dream, right? Is yeah. like you're connecting people and work is totally. is happening, or they're growing without you being there. Oof. And I think that that's Oof. it's just incredible to make it happen. Um, that's what
2: we're all about—that ripple
1: effect, right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tracy, I I want to dig a little bit more, right? Like you mentioned, connection is such a huge thing for you, and I think one of the things when you when you really like the subtext of connection is that the person has value and they matter to you, whether that's like matter in the sense that they're a person, you care about their kids, you care about what their name is, you care about all these different things, but like, how do you make people feel like they matter and how do you make them feel like they're valued? Yeah, that's such
0: a, like, and that's something that I do, I think just naturally and I think it's kind of awkward sometimes depending on the culture. <laughs> I will be like, "Hey, how's it going?" you know, and and they'd be like like we just work together, like we don't say that. And I'm just like, "Really?" Like I am like if I, you know, if I if I text somebody, you know, I care about what they're doing. Yeah. Like, "How's it going?" Yeah. And then I'll ask a question, like I know they have two kids. How are your kids? Yeah. You at school today? And then like yeah. that just like You know, make some human on the other side, right? And I don't do it just because I know that, but I actually know that when somebody cares about me and they ask me that question, I feel good,
2: yeah, right? Yeah, you feel seen Mm -hmm. as a person, not just a work asset,
0: (laughs) exactly. And I, I do, I am guilty of that, right? Like, let's be honest, I'm not like if I'm like under a wire on getting something done for <laughs> so the people I know really well, like I do yeah, my team. I'm like, because hey, they know that's this.
2: not how you are naturally, but it's like, yeah. you need to get a job done that day.
0: Right. Yeah. But I do absolutely put focus on like getting on a call, at least saying, how's it going? How's everybody doing? You know, mm-hmm. or if I'm texting or Teams chat, you know, and I know, and if we even get in the conversation, it's like, you know, I'll ask, like, something pops out of my head, oh, you said your wife had an appointment, how'd she do there, or whatever, you know, just to make that connection, because I think that, you know, we all work together. Yeah, we all have one common objective. Yeah, we're, you know, hitting the pavement every day, we're good. But these people are real people. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them, I would even consider they would be my friends, right? Like, so I, totally want people to feel valued, right? So I do spend time on that. And it's just being, asking one or two questions just kind of goes a long way, right? I know
2: that. I love that advice. But I love that because people overcomplicate this and then they just end up avoiding it and making it transactional because they can't think of what to say and how to approach it. So that's always how I approach it when I'm trying to get people just out the gates with it is just make it simple, just care to know how they're doing, for example, right? Just, just lean in with that curiosity. Tracy, before you leave today, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to share with our audience your three favorite top leadership tips or tricks. Awesome. Uh-huh. Anything that you feel like is, you know, just in your bag of tricks, you know, those favorite strategies or those favorite, you know, things that you really like to put emphasis on in your leadership game?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, one, you know, would be you have to trust your people.
2: Yes. Right? Yes. Um, Tell us about that a little bit because this is something that I feel like is also very much. Missed and misunderstood the importance of this. Right.
0: Yeah. I think that um, for me, I use it as like how I would feel. Right. If Mm -hmm. my boss didn't trust me, that's not going to be fun. Right.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So I always hold myself accountable for that. Like if I don't trust my people, Mm
1: -hmm. then
0: I haven't done my job Mm
2: -hmm. as a
0: leader. Right. Mm -hmm. I haven't made the changes I need to, or I haven't addressed
2: Mm
0: -hmm. shame on me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I own that, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that is like basic, like number one thing that, you know, you can't evolve and move on from that without having that trust between two people, right? I don't know how you get momentum and get to the uh, to the goal line, you yeah. know, fast and, and furious. I just don't know how you do that without that, right?
2: I think it speaks to you being so heart-centric, people-centric as a leader, you obviously understand it's all about relationships. So if you don't have trust and rapport, you don't have a relationship. If you don't have a relationship, like you said, there's no momentum, right, to your success. It's a lot of having to push or having to pull. There's not a lot of ability to impact and influence if you don't have the trust. Sorry. You're not a leader is what we say if you don't actually have the rapport and trust of your people. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Anything else that you'd leave? Yeah.
0: Us yeah. I would say that, you know, we talked about allies, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're a leader, it's so important to have, you know, allies in every corner, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do it alone. I mean, I, if you can, you're really, really good. But I have not been successful without it. So for me, that would be one that would be really important. And I'd say that the third one would be you know, you have to be empathetic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about results driven and high impact, mm-hmm. but you have to drive an organization and you have to lead an organization. That is your responsibility, right? To do that and to get results. But it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, a bull in a china shop. There's, empathy goes a long way with people right making them feel like you care about their situation and I just authentically feel that anyway it's not a lot of work for me at all because it's just in me to be empathetic when I'm Mm -hmm. working with people so but without that it's I, I couldn't imagine not being able to I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that right and uh But being able to balance between, you know, being hard-lined and results-oriented, but being able to lead, making those tough calls with empathy,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: changes the way that people feel through the process. And it's so important to do that.
2: So good. It's so good. It's so everything we stand for here at the Leadership Launchpad Project, right? That's what Leadership 2.0 is all about. What do you want your legacy to be? We'll leave you here with our favorite question, our heavy hitter of the Mm -hmm. bunch.
0: Mm -hmm. what do you think
2: you want your legacy to be or what do you think it will be
0: yeah I mean I hope that you know when all this is done that you know people look back that I really was there to help the people right um I really do care about people's development right I try to really kind of bring the best out of people and sometimes like I they're not fun conversations, right? So it's called feedback. But, you know, again, doing that with empathy. um, You know, I'm saying this, because I know some people would probably say, Yeah, I didn't have so much fun listening to that conversation, but doing it in giving them transparency, so that they can grow, Mm -hmm. and, and get better at what they do. I mean, that's the whole purpose why I do have those tough conversations, right, as a leader. Um, and I would expect the same from my leader.
2: Uh-huh. Right?
0: How do you know if you don't know which, where to focus and where to grow? Right. Uh-huh. So for me, it's so important that people see that and that, you know, I'm, I'm here to help develop people. And I think that by bringing them and showing them their strengths and their weaknesses and where they can work, uh, that just gives them opportunity, right, to really kind of focus on the right areas. To get them to that next level so i mean leadership i would say that the next thing would be leadership right i want to change the way that we lead right i want to move with the shift i want to lead this shift right and i want to help the company see that right or any company see that because i think that we need more leaders that are empathetic and that are appealing to that next generations that are coming up right mm-hmm. um, the old ways aren't gonna work, Mm-mm. I don't think, right? Sorry. And uh
2: sorry, but not sorry. The stats are <laughs> in one point yeah. on the way out, two point gain in speed and strength, and it's it's a surge, but it's a coming, folks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the last thing I just say is you know, Susan, you and I have been working on mindset and yeah. uh it's so become so important and so uh I see it as like such a critical part now of like a leader. Right. And I never knew that before because, you know, you know me, but I was busy, busy, busy doing, doing, doing and leading, but I mean, not sitting back and uh, you know, I've done a lot of work myself with Susan Mm -hmm. obviously and the shift that I've been able to make, I want to bring that to other people. I want to bring that to other leaders. I want to bring that to even my team. Right. So There's just without that mindset shift, I don't know how you get there. So for me, those are like the three things that, you know, I want to hopefully when I end my career can look back and have been able to impact an organization and uh, and people in that way.
2: It's already happening. (laughs) Your your people are taking notice over there at Team Nokia. So I think the ripple effect has already started with you, miss. Couldn't be more proud of you. And mm-hmm. the mission that you're on, it can be any, but anyone better in my books to be leading that charge <laughs> on, the, on the tech front.
1: Tracy, if, if anyone out there is listening, they want to connect with you. They want to follow what you're doing. Where do they find you?
0: So probably easiest on LinkedIn. So I'm very plugged in on LinkedIn, actually. And uh, I'm not a you know, I would say that's probably my best place to find me because yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not not super great on the other stuff I try, but uh, I'm not as uh, effective. Yeah, yeah. So LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me.
1: Perfect. And we'll drop uh, yeah. Tracy's LinkedIn in the podcast notes. Susan, is there anything you want to leave us with today?
0: The surge is
2: real. I'm so happy we had Tracy in today to talk about this experientially from what you're seeing, especially in the tech space, because that's what I'm seeing in every space. We're at different elevations in terms of how far we're taking our leadership 2.0, but I think that's where I want to leave us. This is exactly why we started this show when we did right? Because yeah, like that's the mission that we're on. We're here to change the way the game of life is being played forever. And that's the power of what it is that we talked about today with Miss Tracy. So Tracy, thank you so much for coming in and sharing all your brilliance and expertise with our fabulous crowd. Um, Yeah, this world needs this type of leadership more than ever. And you could really feel that in this interview today.
1: I love it too. And for us, obviously, subscribe to Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform. Tell your friends, colleagues about it. You can also follow the Leadership Launchpad Project on LinkedIn. And if you want to ask us a leadership mindset management question, leave us a rating and review on Apple and drop the question into the review and we will answer it on the show. For me, where I want to leave people today is trust. Tracy mentioned it as one of her top top tips. And I think it's it's the underlying assumption that we have about people. If we fundamentally believe that people aren't going to do their best, then we have to lean into measurement, looking at what they're doing, looking over their shoulder, micromanagement, and really... It, it kills trust, it kills psychological safety, it kills innovation, and we sort of fall back into that leadership 1.0 style. But if we f- switch that lens and we fundamentally believe that people are there to do their best, they're trying to, to improve, they're trying to be better, then it changes everything. Instead of leaning in going, why aren't they doing what they're doing? We should hammer them we switch that to curiosity and we lean in and we go, what is preventing them from doing better? Ooh. That's Ooh. where I want to leave people oh, okay. with today is look at that underlying assumption and really question where you are as a leader and question where your organization is as a leader. Tracy, thank you for joining us today. This was an awesome interview. Yeah, totally. Thank you
0: guys. Thank you for what you're doing. I love it. I'm one of your biggest fans. So, <laughs> i love, love it. it let's love go what you're we, doing.
2: we need more people like tracy on our mission so please 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 folks the time is now we need you on this mission with us let's get out and let's share this in your locker rooms with your fabulous tribes um yeah that's the last thing that i wanted to leave us with
1: <laughs> everyone thank you and we'll see you all next week
2: bye everybody